0: The truth?
1: Uh, I'm all ears.
0: Okay. The truth.
2: I always tell the truth, even when I lie. Why do you find it so hard to believe? Why do you find it so easy? It's never been Easy. easy. You
0: want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth.
1: All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.
0: Hey Podcast Land, welcome back to Truthful Talk. I'm your host, Marco D. George, and for the next little while, we're going to do our thing. As always, with me by my side is my amazing partner, Sam.
1: I love how you say the same thing every time, it's so cute. It's almost like I have a script or you something, do. right? I, and it's Except you don't.
0: If there was a virtual script in front of me. <laughs> and I'm using my VR goggles to read them. Uh, and back with us again uh, is Derek Rowe. Uh, the, the awesome Derek the Rowe. The awesome, the amazing Derek Rowe.
2: Maybe that's what the A in my middle name stands for.
0: I think so. Derek A. Rowe. To say that. Oh, my God. No. There it is. So, Derek, well, welcome back. And, and thanks for joining us again. Uh, it was awesome having you on last time. Thanks for joining us for a second time.
2: Thanks, it's good good to be here and yeah got man got my water good got my microphone here. got my 360 camera ready to talk truth
0: yes okay. amazing
1: <laughs> is that what we're doing
0: <laughs> i hope so with the 360 camera—is there a possibility we can actually watch this episode somewhere at some point yeah is that what's happening like yeah. online or through through the vr goggles we talked last time it's true
2: you could you could act like you were sitting here on the table in front of us and look around at who's talking in the talking. middle of
0: the table looking at all of us which is the ama- so you're like the, the the tray of crackers the, centerpiece. Us. <laughs> the centerpiece the tray of crackers <laughs> if we had a tray of crackers
2: our viewers are the centerpiece of our show there
1: you go
0: so last time if you didn't if you weren't able to listen to the to the previous podcast uh it, Derek was was on that one talking about his uh his project wild eyes which is all centered around 360 video and uh and vr and so if you didn't get a chance to listen to that please go ahead and do that it's it's amazing amazing stuff uh do it yeah do it do it it completely blew us away and it's it's something you just need to listen to and then hopefully go out and experience so uh, this time we i didn't really have a subject to talk about i was like let's just get together and kind of have a powwow and and talk about all the creative stuff and creativity. And I don't know. I just have that need to have a creative session.
2: <laughs> Let's do it. I'm into it.
0: And, and Derek, you're all about that. Yeah. I like creative sessions. Derek is the uh, creative director at Doctrine Creative. Uh, there's a lot of creatives there. Yeah. yeah a creative director at Doctrine Creative. And Doctrine Creative is a uh, multimedia company that ex- that focuses on experience design and making ideas happen. So what talk a little about your creativity and why you love creativity so much and what all that's about.
2: That's a really big, huge question. Why (laughs) do I love creativity? Give me the answer to the universe. Yeah. Um, I think I've looked up the definition to a lot of words in my life and creativity is one of them. I've looked it up many times because I think, um, part of my adult life has been redefining things that were taught to me before um, and, you know, defining creativity, defining community, defining uh, what it is to, you know, be right or wrong or good or bad and things like that. And, you know, looking at the definition of words isn't, isn't always the best way to understand what it means because really what it means is, how we communicate, if I say creativity, what you think and what you think and what we all think is the definition of it, you know? Uh, so for me, I've learned creativity to be the, the, the space, it's a space for me that I go into when I'm trying to solve a problem. And it, it's pretty addicting for me to just see a problem, see a situation, and try to solve it in a way that hasn't been done before. And if the problem is there, the the solution is probably new, because otherwise it would be solved already. Um, And I think that there was a really distinct experience recently uh, working on my last documentary film, One Simple Question, um, which is a sailing film, and I was on the front of the sailboat, and uh, while you're out there looking at the ocean, you're looking at this blank blue sky and blue ocean and i tried to like get on the bow of the boat so that i like couldn't see anything but the ocean like i'm like manipulating my own experience i'm like buildings (laughs) go away like just look so i see nothing but the ocean and the wind blowing on me and as i was doing that the ocean gave me something it just like popped in my head it was saying what it told me is if i'm i right now i'm having a hard time remembering what it is but it was, the I, I, It was if I'm not free to explore, if I'm not free to explore, I don't know, I can't think of it right now, but I'll have to look it up and punch that in later. <laughs> <laughs> it just it told me a lot about, if I'm not free to explore what I don't understand, then I'll always be afraid. Nice. That's what it told me. I like that. If I'm not free to explore what I don't understand, then I'll always be afraid.
1: That's like a definition of unknown. Yeah. yeah.
2: And for me, that's like what drives my creativity is like barreling towards this like free, the, the freedom to explore what I don't understand. Just like I don't understand it and I want to. I don't understand it and I want to. And so many times I feel like these problems that aren't being solved If you really dig down they're not being solved because we're not pushing ourselves to be more free to understand what we don't what we haven't experienced or what we're afraid of
1: i think a lot of that has to do with because since we're little we've been told so we have an understanding because of this conditioning from our parents and so for me as i became an adult The creativity came through learning who i was not what i've been told and taught because i had all that ingrained in my head but the creativity was to get out of that and kind of think for myself which to me was i had many defining moments in that
0: which is hard to do and that's you know in 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 truthful acting we talk a lot about uh, what it takes to be an artist and the way i define that is being an artist art the, you know, to define art, art is creation through expression, right? So there's two elements there. One, we have to create something, and one, we have to then express it through our own unique translator, which is our our feeling center. But the creation, when we break that down, to create something means to bring a new. To bring something new into existence that we've never done before, at least we've never done it this way before. And then to do that, we have to step into the unknown, which is the most fearful place in the world. And so that's the whole idea of creativity is let's not just do it the same way we've always done it or how someone else taught us to do it. I mean, yeah, it, that might work, but let's sit and at least explore another way of doing it and say, you know what, what else is possible? Because everything that exists in this world, everything that exists, including all this technology, these microphones and <laughs> this camera, everything that exists at one point didn't. And at one point was an impossibility until someone came up with it and says, "You know what? I think we can do it." And then now we're sitting here with it in the realm of reality. Mm-hmm. Everything that exists—it's true. So creativity is is what drives us forward as a species. It's what keeps us going. It's oh, it's it's amazing, but yet so many people are so afraid of it.
2: Yeah, I think that um, often what creativity means to us from a sort of uh maybe a young level like children um i guess just speaking from my experience like you were saying going coming from like what i was taught from you know mother culture and my parents and stuff like that and like you know what i've sought out as an adult to understand um i think creativity was isolated to like painting
1: mm. like
2: i want to be creative and it was like well i don't paint Like I can imagine someone (laughs) saying that, you know, like be creative. I don't paint like what? Like, like to think of creativity isolated to painting is like, it's funny to look back on that. And uh, to me now, like I found, I find so much joy in like finding ways to be creative, creative on all levels. And a lot of times I think, you know, some suffering that happens to people on a daily basis is not realizing that creativity can come into your personal life into your relationships, into your, how you work during the day, how you survive, how you, your finances. Like I think that creativity can like sort of like seep into all aspects of your life. And there is something that comes, there is a freedom that comes from like realizing that creativity can like do that. It can sort of like just put its tentacles around everything in your life. And it's sort of like you start to feel more free, like, Oh, that weight that was on my shoulders doesn't feel there anymore because like anything's possible.
0: I think it's a richer, deeper life. I think when we live a creative life we're we have the ability to adapt to the changing world around us constantly and changing environments and, and everything that's happening. And, and I think when we get set in our ways and we're, you know, I, I, I can't imagine having a job where I did the same exact thing day in, day out. And then coming out of that job, coming home, and doing the same exact thing day in and day out. And there's people that do that. They, they go through a routine, and they get trapped in this non-creative world where they they just fulfill their routine and their habits day in and day out. And to me, there's a little bit of a death in that. There's mm-hmm. a death in the soul. There's a death in life. It's like, how are you living? How are you... Adapting. How are you involving yourself in the world around you when it's just a routine over and over and over? And a creative life, I think, does give you a freedom that doesn't exist in in a lot of society.
1: Yeah. We all all have it. We're all creative from birth. I mean, it's our birthright to be creative, right? We cry differently. (laughs) We (laughs) We get what we want differently. Exactly. Sure. But then, you know, you go through life and you get conditioned and you're taught to think a certain way or this is what's right this is what's wrong and your brain starts putting all these things in compartments and mm-hmm. that's how we live our life mm-hmm. and
0: uh, yeah well yeah. You, you get trapped you get trapped in that. you get
1: that yeah, that's the word wouldn't yeah. you
2: there there's a book by uh daniel quinn called ishmael and ishmael uh is a uh well, the character Ishmael in the story talks about being a cage, being an animal in a cage. And he makes the analogy of himself being an animal in the cage and people being being in a cage of their own ideas and their beliefs. And I think that relating this to creativity, I'm not sure, maybe there's something there, but right now it's like, coming up for me about beliefs and one of the ways that I sort of like push myself and motivate myself is to creative creatively push myself to problem-solve my own suffering like let's say I'm stressful or let's say I'm feeling stressed I'm like I'm in this I'm feeling caged and that cage is stress and I'm like feeling boxed in I'm feeling like I don't have a lot of possibilities being creative on how I manage that stress and how I break down in my own mind what's going on for me is something that has like, wow, has brought me lots of uh, relief and freedom personally. Um, and I think sometimes whenever I have conversations with people, I always try to like inspire that in them, that freedom to creatively work with yourself and create a lifestyle that supports joy and supports fun and supports love. You know, if there's a, if there's a pattern or a cage in your life, it doesn't have to be there. Right. And you could say, well, that's how it is. But it's just an idea. It's just like, (laughs) I love, I love what's coming to me. This idea right now is like. Even the people, we all have conspiracy theories like, oh, it's our parents. That's who did it. Our parents put <laughs> us in the cage. And then they're, they were being, they'd be saying, our parents put us in the cage. And they'd be saying, well, the stories that were told to me put us in the cage. And then you could have the conspiracy theory. It's like the government put us in the cage. And the Illuminati put us in the cage. You know what? Even the people at the top, the Illuminati, the, the, the puppet masters that we talk about, they're in the cage too. <laughs> we're all in the cage of an idea. Yeah, It's an idea and we spread it and we we share it to each other and we we put ourselves in the cage all of us are in the cage and if we just realize that
0: it is an idea which means any idea can be overcome any idea can be broken out of it's it's not real it's imaginary our life in in a very large sense our life is imaginary because it's based <laughs> in perception yeah and all you need to do is change your perception you change your life but people f- feel so it's, it's almost like the idea is so tangible that they don't see past the idea that they, you know, it's like, no, this isn't imaginary. This is real. It's like, no, it's imaginary. It's, it's how you see your life is simply a perception. That's all it is a perception.
2: That's something I think I remember from truthful acting the concept of a character. If I was to try to enact a character, try to be, be a character, um, I remember something we talked about was not trying to be that character, but trying to imagine the things that would have to happen to me in in my life for me to act like that character. And so when I do that, when I put myself myself in the shoes, and you know, this is definitely creativity here because I'm manipulating myself to feel something, you know, like sadness or happiness, like what has made me feel that before? And you know what comes through that is empathy. You know, you might be wondering like, Like, I'm not feeling stressed right now. I'm not feeling in a cage. And I can't understand why someone would feel in a cage. And, you know, that's not really going to help anybody. So, you know, you tap into this idea of like, well, when's the last time I felt like I was in a cage? And I feel like a lot of times people feel in a cage in relationships sometimes. They feel like they're either their relationship with a person or their relationship with an institution or their relationship with themselves. I was going to say themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but that is, it is a relationship, your relationship with yourself, how you talk to yourself, how you perceive yourself. I think that's very important.
1: Well, that's the strongest relationship. That's something that I've learned. I never saw myself. (laughs) I never saw it like that. I had a relationship with myself Hmm. or my body physically in, in, I'm still on that journey, man. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What does that look like? Like like do you remember something that was like, oh, wow. That's well, a thing.
1: Well, I think as a female, the society and everything with how we look and stuff, I struggled for a very long time on how I looked and hmm. I went to the gym and worked out like 4 hours a day and I and mm-hmm. I was I had this idea Mm. of what I should look like. And now (laughs) I don't look anything like that idea that I had. Mm. Yet I'm happy now. Mm. And, And I've learned and I'm still learning. It's a daily struggle to have a relationship with myself and talk nice to myself. And it's difficult. It's really, really difficult.
0: Well, there was a time where you didn't eat. No, There was a time where you didn't eat because you were so worried about what you look like. When, sure. When, when, and then when people we first would, met. Yeah. When
1: people would see me, they're like, man, you look great. And I'm like, shit, I don't eat. But okay, this is awesome. I look great. Wow. And, and that sucks because then that psychologically messes you up.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the biggest things that, that happened that I think woke you up was when you realized that, that Maya was, was starting the same pattern. Yeah, She was starting, just not because anything was said to her, but because Maya was watching Sam not eat hmm. and watch her weight, and she was so concerned about how she looked, Maya began to be concerned about how she looked, and she wasn't eating.
2: And through that comparison, you're like, oh, if that was me, I would be saying, no, don't do that.
1: Right. Yeah, and it's hard to hear from your own kid, you know, say they hate their body because... They look a certain way and you're like, and, and, and they're telling you, and she's here telling me, but you don't eat, you know, and you you don't love your body. And that made me not love my body and not want to eat. And that was like, I I broke down crying. Oh, that was,
0: that was tough. But, but that also motivated you to to gain weight, change.
1: (laughs) Sure. Well, to eat something. (laughs) I know that sounds funny, but it motivated me to eat and, and. I, and know? now Maya
0: has an amazing uh, an amazing self body image I mean she's she's very you know uh, she's very confident about herself and, That's and great and she's not worried about about that anymore and and it all but it all started because you had to, to make that hurdle first right you, you had to take that and show her that this was okay and mm-hmm. that you would still be loved and you would still be accepted and life would be okay so you took that hurdle and then she followed because of all right that.
1: which is awesome but it all started with this idea of what someone told me right i was supposed to look like and they're all ideas man that are in her head
2: yeah it's like uh you know i think about i think about someone saying me imagining someone saying i can't do something like sometimes i imagine myself as marnie mcfly in uh, back to the future when he gets called yellow and he like gets all mad. Like I imagine myself like saying, I'm going to do this. And then someone goes, you can't do that. And I remember being young and I still, I hadn't learned to swim yet. And I had like these paddles, uh, little, like little floaties on my arms. And, uh, I was about to put them on and this girl next door to my grandparents' house next to the pool came up. She's like, hi. And I'm like, hey and I hadn't put the paddle these floaties on yet and she's like can you swim across the pool and I'm like yeah and she's like (laughs) no you can't and I'm like yeah she's like what are those floaties there and I'm like oh I used to use them but I don't need them anymore and she's like really nice show me and I'm like all right I jumped in the pool and swam across the pool and I was just like that was driving force to me to to take this idea and just be like I can do that
1: yeah, the adrenaline. And I was got so you afraid across.
2: of doing it. Why would I put the floaties on? That's not cool. I wasn't like, "Oh, I'm so cool with the floaties on. I was like, oh, I need to put the floaties on. And then she she challenged me and I did it. and I, I think that you know that's what happened with Maya there is she, Maya challenged you. You had this belief, this comfort zone that you were creating for yourself, and Maya challenged it and you you your choice then was to either overcome or to submit to the idea. And I think that uh, my friend Brian recently, he told me about this uh, process called the work. Um, And uh, he he often, in having conversations with him he said that everything, all of our suffering stems back to a belief. And I, to tell you the truth, since that conversation, I don't know if I've been able to find some kind of suffering with myself that isn't attached to a belief. And... A lot of times what I've noticed in an adult life with relationships is people in marriages and other relationships, they use their partner, this is like stemming off this idea of a belief, they use their partner to fulfill that self-love. They say, well, they're here, so obviously I'm good, yeah. you know? And that belief, The what's the belief there? Like, what's the belief if I, I'm using my partner to make myself feel lo- feel good? Well... The belief is that I need them to be worth anything. I'm not worth anything without them. And if you can get to that belief and ask someone, are you worth anything without them? You'd be like, yeah. You obviously wouldn't say no. (laughs) You'd say yeah. And then when you say that, you're like, oh shit. I feel like that a lot of us have this belief and it's, man, it is supported in our culture across the board. I watch a movie or TV show without supporting the idea that you need someone else to be worth anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, very true. There's not... I I can't see one. I haven't seen one. Transparent. Have these guys watched Transparent? No, not yet. Yeah. (laughs) It's there. It's walking that line. Um, But other than that, it's just like supported. It's just like you need someone else to be worth anything. And for me personally, when I... Challenged that thought. I found out, and this was new to me. I found out found out that I lacked an intense amount, a large amount of self love. Like I, I if you would ask me, do you love yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. But when I really thought about it, you know, little things would totally send me to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Really? you know, talking to someone talking to someone during the day and seeing them just be like, cool, that sounds cool. Like they don't care, would just like crush me. And it always has since I was little. It was like attention hog, you know. It's everybody look at me, look at me, look at me. And like when I started analyzing that, you know, it really came from this, you know, this place of like needing people to validate me, needing other people to say, yeah, you're cool, you're awesome, you're...
1: So words of affirmation are important to you. Yeah, that's the love language that
2: I to lean towards or that are that make me feel loved.
0: Sam is the same way. I am oh. the same way. Yeah, words of affirmation are, are, is her love language.
1: Yeah, if, if, if I take my time to clean this house and Marco comes home and doesn't say, wow, look at this house. I'm like, I, it destroys me. Yeah, you're yeah. like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, done cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I found myself looking for validation in different ways that's not his love language it's not his main love language so i would find myself like hey d- did you notice the living right. room or d- did you, did you I'm see did you see the kitchen yeah you know and then it, i want him i want him to say that's amazing you're awesome look at that that's how i feel loved yeah. he well, sees me
0: yeah and we've learned each other's love language and it's important to be attentive to that yeah i agree because if you're attentive to someone else's love language you can minimize the self-consciousness there.
2: Well, yeah. I think that being able to talk about it, being able to be like, you know that was like I'm feeling some stress inside myself and I think it's because I did a lot of work and like you didn't say anything about it and I don't want you to be like, good job, Sam. Like play like the recording like <laughs> good job, Sam. Like right. I don't want you to parrot that. But I would it does make me feel good that you like notice and say something about it. like that would make me feel a lot better. And then, Marco, you could say, "Well, good job, Sam, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Or you know, no, no she wasn't show. She wants me to say, that's amazing. That's like, amazing. But you know, it, but it's important that I do it on my own. She doesn't want to have to tell me. If right. she has to tell me to say it. It's not the same as me walking in and noticing it. And then saying oh my god the house is amazing thank you so much for for doing this yeah which i feel all the time sometimes right. i forget to say it because i'll walk in and i'll notice it and i'll think to myself wow this house is amazing right and then i'll go do something else yeah because i'll get distracted by mm-hmm. the but next.
1: isn't it funny how we get trapped in that uh, space of i'm not going to say anything because you know then i'm going to look like i i need the attention and you know, I... Uh, what
2: is it? What is it? I was just thinking the same thing. Like, what is it? Like, if you were to say that to me, like, oh, hey, Derek, I, uh, you didn't notice. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, looks good. Like, what am I thinking? Am I thinking like, oh, I can't do it now because she asked me to? <laughs> but why? I, I don't know. What's I, happening there?
0: Well, there's a fear somewhere. Yeah. Fear of... I'm afraid
2: of, of like...
0: I think it, I think it's feeling unappreciated.
2: Maybe on my end, though, I'm afraid to admit that I'm less than what you need.
1: Right, because then maybe it'll make you feel like. No,
2: it's still on. It's just it's it
0: just went beep beep beep, but it's solid red right now. So it's it's doing some It's not recording. It
2: just shut off. Big Hero Six, you are <laughs> failing us.
1: It's not Big Hero Six that I'm thinking of, actually. Oh,
2: okay it's not no it's there, the, I'm gonna get Wally? to
1: it no I'm gonna get to it's, it it's, it's, not, a, it's, it's not it's another movie of these kids that they create this little robot and
0: batteries not included no
1: oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, going yeah, old yeah, school yeah, yeah.
2: that's a newer film
1: yes it's a newer film and it's these little
0: batteries are included
1: <laughs> it's like the modern E.T.
2: yeah I, that's right it was the uh, I, I thought I
1: it looked something like that and I can't remember the name of the movie it's
2: overheating is that what's happening that's what's happening hmm. it's really hot right now feel it the age-old problem of cameras,
0: they yeah. overheat.
2: Yeah, maybe that's the secret to getting lost in virtual reality. It's like, I can't get lost in virtual reality. It overheats. <laughs> only get 15 minutes, and then I'm done. One
0: day, if they ever make a camera that doesn't overheat, that is going to be revolutionary.
2: Well, that's when the porn industry would take exactly. it over because there. you only you need go. 15 minutes. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
2: wow. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, but um, yeah, I wonder... I wonder if like what would happen for me and this is huge for me actually is I me admitting to you in that moment good job you did a really good job thank you for doing that after you asked me to is me having to say out loud verbally I'm not what you need yeah I had to try to be what you need and that makes me afraid about our relationship and if it's good and if it's like supposed to be or meant to be or if it's gonna work and the, the whole freaking yeah, you go, line you go of, down this whole spiral right
1: yeah which sucks because then that affects communication right because then I'm afraid to tell you because I don't want you to feel bad or that you're not enough and, and right you know it's, yeah it causes this whole thing which I love that Marco and I have this open conversation and we I don't care how I'm feeling like I'm gonna let him know right and that's good but that's the first step, which is difficult. I used to not say things, and he would have to drag it out of me. <laughs> yeah, communication
0: is so important. Yeah. We have to communicate. I mean, when lines of communication are, are dropped, relationships suffer, and that's when we're, we're seeing so much hate in the world today because of lack of communication. That's it. We, we, people feel al- alienated. They feel left out. They feel different. They feel all of that stuff is because we can't sit down and have a conversation.
2: Yeah
1: i don't know where i heard yesterday somebody said can you imagine how many things could be fixed or solved if people can just have 10 minute conversations about Mm -hmm. different things and but like really communicate in that in the in that moment
0: not communicate through fear or the ideas but really communicate
1: no right my uh my friends brian and teakva they live in
2: Asheville, and they recently came to durham and uh they're uh involved with a uh a polyamorous sort of meetup group there. And there's like, I think 10 of them or 11 or 12 of them in the group. And they, they, at these meetups, they do like self-work workshops. And it's pretty beautiful. They weren't telling me about one. And so what they did this day is they had, this is really amazing. They had the women sit in a circle looking out and the men sit in a circle around them looking in And the women were invited. The only rules were, if people are talking, you're listening. You don't adjust what they're saying. You don't say, yes, but, or yes, and, or any of that. Someone gives and you receive. And the women started talking about sort of like how they felt, experiences that they've helped had in their life where they've been objectified and when they felt sort of like compared and... It was just the women speaking out to the men, and the men were doing nothing but listening. And Brian Zekkwa said everyone was crying. It was like, transformative, just asking people to not adjust what other people are saying.
1: Just listen.
0: That's a, that's a huge deal to really listen, to really take it in, and you were talking about earlier, empathy. That's what empathy, that's where it begins, is really listening. Really taking in trying to understand what someone else is saying, most people don't do that, and this is what you know it, this is where, something I want to get into something Derek that you taught me years ago uh, nonviolent communication, really listening when someone else is talking and you know of course i've I've tried to somehow bring that lesson to Sam <laughs> for us and it's the most amazing thing in the world, and it's it, what you had taught me is that when someone else is is talking, really listen. And we tried to implement it in doctrine mm-hmm. in our meetings; mm-hmm. didn't always work. But sometimes it doesn't. So, sometimes it doesn't. But I know, you know, because uh, there's a you, mission. It is a well, it's a, it's a paradigm shift, right? It's a paradigm shift. And when you and I have conversations, at least I, we somehow we do we do it. Mm-hmm. When you're talking, I li- really listen to you because I'm interested. And I want to understand what you're saying. And when I'm talking, I always feel listened by you. I he think, says
1: this all the time, Derek. That's really <laughs> this
2: is no joke. That makes me feel good. I think the way that I try to show that to other people is by reflecting. Is to be like, instead of being like, yeah, and now that you're done, I'm going to start saying what I've been thinking about saying the whole time you were talking. I try to say something back that's reflective that I got. I got what you're saying. That's like, awesome. Like just be like, so I'm th- so I'm hearing what you're saying is this, and then you have an opportunity then to go, no, not actually. <laughs> Cause that's probably what happens a lot. <laughs> it's like, so I'm hearing that you're saying this, no. Which is great though, because that's part
0: of understanding, which yeah. means reflecting you're trying to understand what the other person is saying. Yeah. And if we could do that in the world, if we could really try to understand, because you're right, because we, we sit around most of the time, we have conversations, and when the other person is talking, especially when we're debating something, mm-hmm. we're just thinking of, I can't wait till they stop talking till I can tell them my point of view, because they're wrong. <laughs> and we're not even listening to them to try to understand. No. They might have a point. We're
2: just nodding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're just waiting to, to make our point.
1: Waiting for them to stop talking so you can put in your two cents. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And that's, Sam, that's what you and I talk about a lot. Is like, is, it drives me nuts. It's like, oh my God, well, just I was communicate.
1: Condi- okay, this to me is mind-blowing, really. Like uh, when Marco would talk to me about communication and the way you guys communicate and, and ho- how, he's, how you taught him this, I was totally conditioned that that's not the way you communicate. Like I was taught that when you communicate, you've got this idea in your head. And no matter wh- how the conversation is going, you're going in a circle to make your point. You want to win, right? That's that's the idea. That's how I was taught. So for me, it was it was doesn't matter what the other person is saying. This is how you feel, and this is this is how you're gonna get your point across, mm-hmm. which completely closes off anything. To, to learning or accepting or seeing things from different points of views because I've already got it all in my head. At that point, why are you even having a conversation, right?
2: It's a really good question.
1: But that's how I was taught. I mean, physically, that's yeah, how I like, was taught. It's
2: like every conversation is an opportunity for you to feel good about yourself. Right. It's sometimes hard. It's hard to to remember or not remember, but it's hard to like feel into like authenticity. There
1: is no authenticity.
2: (laughs) So I feel like for me personally, it's like if someone is asking me to be inauthentic, it's like, nope. It's like, that's where I draw the line. It's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very cooperative. I want all of us to be happy and I have all of us. I want all of us to get to a certain point. But if I feel like someone is the only way for us to get along is for me to be inauthentic. eh, Not allowed. That's a, That's a commandment. (laughs) It's a Derek commandment. Which is
0: great, which is wonderful to have. Because when you're saying be inauthentic, they're really asking you to not be yourself.
2: Yeah. Well, they're asking, you know how many years I've worked to be who I am? (laughs) Exactly. What the? No, I have worked way too hard to let that go because right now you're uncomfortable with it. (laughs) Like, this is important to me. It's like, you know... It's not a year project. It's not a two-year project. It's everything that I am. And like stopping that is... Dude, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to describe it. It's not allowed.
0: (laughs) I think people are so afraid of really communicating, really listening, because they don't want to admit they're wrong. They have an opinion, and it's like, okay, I'm going to come to the table. This is my opinion. This is what I want to get out. And if I really listen to somebody else there's a possibility that they might be better than me there's a possibility that they might know something i don't there's a possibility that my idea isn't good enough which somehow reflects on me not being good enough hmm. it's it's a it's a fear it's a fear Where of does that being come let from? down well i think it, it, i think it stems initially from primal fear i mean i think it's fear of rejection fear of of uh, you know fear of being pushed away alienated
2: pushed out of the tribe
0: Pushed out of the tribe. I mean, you know, back, you know, from as far back as we can remember, if you, you, you were pushed out of your tribe. You were uh, dead. You were dead. So alienation equals death is still in our minds. It hasn't been that long as a society that we've been clustered together with technology. So, you know, for you know, thousands of years prior, we were tribal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's built into our DNA where we, we need the acceptance of those around us in order to survive. So I think it's a primal survival instinct. Hmm. And then, of course, society doesn't help. No.
2: Public tell- school system saying Fs huh. are wrong and Fs are bad yep. and you fail. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And technically, by admitting that I'm wrong, I'm admitting that I fail. And that is not the path to success. And that is what we're all trying to do.
0: Well, that's exactly it. Because we're in a the public school system teaches a right and wrong environment. The more right you are, you get an A. The more wrong you are, you get an F. And the if the more right you are with an A, you get praised. Mm-hmm. They the, the the A students get praised, and they have special awards and ceremonies, and they get to give speeches. And there's all these things where it's like, well, look how smart this person is because they're more right. So we have a fear of being wrong, mm-hmm. and we have a desperate need to be right. But, of course, right and wrong doesn't exist anywhere in the realm of creativity.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like, wait, wait, we just said all those things, but what are they? (laughs) What is that? Wrong, right. Like, I don't want to be wrong, but wait, you are. You're trying to be something you can't, like, you're trying to be something, you want to not be something you already are. That is confusing. It's not, we're not trying to not be wrong. We're trying not to be, like you said, rejected. We're trying not to be looked down upon trying not to be judged Mm. trying not to be judged
0: ultimately we want to be loved ultimately we need human connection with each other We, we need to be accepted because we are part of a community we are we're all energy that's interconnecting with each other and we have that need to to be loved or at least that desire to be loved
2: yeah if you knew if you knew that we weren't gonna judge you for being wrong you'd be like i'm fucking wrong
0: yeah, wrong. absolutely. Yeah.
2: be like, that happened. You were wrong. And it wouldn't <laughs> be, all right, it'd be like, okay, oh, cool. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> you know, on. I was wrong yesterday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're so afraid of that because we don't want to look stupid. We yeah. don't want to look look bad or, you know, uh, not not being enough to our peers, to our loved ones. To, we're afraid of that.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, sometimes I have conversations with people about like, what what our expectations of our relationship are and honestly my only expectations of a relationship are i'm not going to give up on you if i don't and i would hope that you won't give up on me yeah and i guess you know that goes back to the tribal thing and the the tribal thing and the lack of judgment is just like like if you judge me if i'm like oh you said something and i'm like it kind of makes you a bad person. doesn't it? <laughs> like, like, I, I want to be able to be like, you know, like when you said that just then I was thinking, uh, I'm struggling with like whether or not I like morally am judging you for that. And like, I want to be able to speak to that. And a lot of times I can't, a lot of people are just like, well, you're judging me. F you. Yeah. But like, I want to be able to be like, that's happening. Yeah. Like I'm not doing that back here in my secret lab of judgment. And then I'm just going to spring it on you. I just want to be like, okay, yeah, there's some judgment brewing back there. (laughs) Beware.
0: That would be amazing if we could do that. Right. Throw it out on the table and then deal with it. Yeah. And talk through it. That's happening. And say, okay, well, yeah, you know what? I feel myself judging. Because judgment is an idea as well. Mm -hmm. Judgment's learned. It's like for judging, it means that we're thinking about something we learned of right and wrong, because it's right and wrong, Mm -hmm. and we're saying this is wrong, Mm -hmm. so what's causing us to feel that way. It'd be wonderful if not only did we not judge other people silently and <laughs> discreetly, we could talk about it, but we could also reflect on why, why am I feeling that way? Why am I feeling the need to judge somebody? Where did I learn that? Uh, you know, you, you brought up uh, to explore that idea, polyamorous relationships. Yeah. Right. That's not an accepted thing in the society. Yeah. And, I don't know You know, what that is. The, the, the judgment there. I mean, we're just now getting, you know, I say just now, I don't know how long it's going to be. (laughs) Yeah. Like who knows? (laughs) Open, you know, open gay marriage, gay relationships. I mean, I still, there's a high judgment against that. Uh, Now we're dealing with trans, transgender in in society and uh, man, there's tons of judgment against that. And now you look at polyamorous relationships. It's like, uh, you know, there's There's a a right and there's a wrong
1: judgment. People need a black and a white. Hmm. It's, to make sense of things, yeah. yeah,
0: and it's it's based in what they knew to to you know in the past. Well, no, there's 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 one man, there's one woman, and this is you know. I mean, I grew up Catholic. That was that was what it was. Right. There's a man and a woman, and that's that's what made a marriage. Yeah. And then of course you, we live in the United States by tax law, a man and a woman that's what makes a marriage. So it, for so many years, but it was learned. When I was a baby, I had no idea what any of this was. (laughs) I didn't know what marriage was or, you know, and kids is, we hear our kids. It's like, oh, when I get up, when I grow up, I want to marry the dog. It's like, they don't know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. They don't know. They're like, it's,
0: you know, it's like a companion. That's all they they see it as. Right. Or emulating
2: their parents. Right. Yeah. It's like, they're married. I want to do that.
0: So it's an idea. So judgment comes as a reflection of that idea as we compare it. Yeah which is where right and wrong comes from. Right and wrong is comparison. If we say something's right or wrong, it means we're comparing it to something, we, an idea we already have. It's right compared to something. It's wrong compared yeah, to compared something. Yeah, compared
2: to the vision of yourself. Right. Like I comparing myself to the vision of myself. I'm not matching. Exactly. I'm upset.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think that for me, a story that I've tried to figure out for a long time because like I would talk about things, and people would be like, well, I don't feel that way. Oh, interesting like okay well I'm getting this I get this from people in all different ways what does it look like what is it what's happening and I found that there is a story I don't know like what that story is this right and wrong story that all of us like mother culture is just like constantly like giving to us like movies tv radio people everything school parents and that story is that if I don't do things the right way I'm afraid that I'm gonna fail and that looks like I'm going to be a homeless person. Yes. That's the story of America. Yes. America's story is if I don't do this, this is going to happen, 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 and I'm going to be a homeless person. And it's kind of insane how much it's perpetuated in almost every aspect of our culture. It's just like that's how it is. It's like what are you trying to do? Well, I could say this – which is what everyone's calling it or I could just call it what it is which is my path to not be homeless like that's what it all is <laughs> right. this is like this is my path
0: which is which is true and of course you know your mind plays a trick on you and it tells you you know well if you make this bad decision you're gonna be homeless in a week <laughs>
2: exactly. it's not like all this stuff's gonna take a year in a week, oh, you're it's gonna a happen there's yeah. no coming back the house is gonna crumble
0: yeah, you go from making one bad decision to, to holding your sign in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: and it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty permeating. Um, and you know, you think about ideas like that, and then you think, okay. So in other cultures, I've learned that they build houses together. And there was an island culture I learned about recently in the Pacific where when someone becomes an adult and they get married, the entire community goes and builds them a house oh that's great and there's this statement there of like oh wait they don't ever have to feel that way Mm. they don't ever have to feel i guess like what marco was saying there's no way they're ever going to feel like you're going to be kicked out of the tribe like we're building you a house and i guess i see that as the opposite of like if i don't do this i'll be homeless um you're safe
1: i guess that that the community mentality, it's, you're safe. Yeah, it, it's it's that's awesome because people coming together to build a house for these people. Like I mean, that that happens. I know, like what? Yeah, people actually care. Yeah, so like I like imagine
2: my entire perspective on life or human life based off that idea, that comparison of like, oh, people coming together to build a house for a new couple and it's like, wow, it is a perspective. That's not life. This fear of being homeless. That's just something that I tell myself, a story that I tell myself. If it's possible for humans over there to build a house for newlyweds to, to completely erase the fear of being homeless, then I could do that. Sure. I could do that just as easily in my own life. Um, And I guess that then goes back to empathy. It's like, you know being able to compare another way of doing things or another way of seeing things with my own and like find some kind of like connection to it is uh is pretty transformative and powerful
0: you know the the whole concept you're saying about being homeless is do you think that in this in this country the way we idolize money that that's a problem where we we praise people with more money and we look down upon people with less money at least from a sociological Mm -hmm. standpoint Mm -hmm. is is that causing it is the media causing it is the news causing it
2: yeah what's perpetuating the story i mean it's perpetuated like in everything um it's like by by more money i will be more
1: successful
2: yeah better successful at I mean honestly what I sometimes think about is control. I feel like we as we 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 see money as power and money is the power to what? Power to control, power to control my circumstance and divert my life's direction away from danger, away from suffering, away from not safe, you know? And I feel like we we, do, we, we see it as the, the greatest power to control. You know, being not in control, that's the bad thing. That's the homeless. Right. But being in control, having money to be able to affect and, and save my family and children from the deteriorating environment by building a, <laughs> a house of impenetrable steel, then that's the way to survive, to, to seek the power to control. I think that's what it is
0: which leads to freedom control would be the, the freedom that right
2: and then the way what i've learned in my life is the opposite like the the more i let go of control the more free i feel because the truth that i've come to realize the painful truth in some degree you know my ego is i don't know anything I don't know anything like (laughs) I try to do anything and I, I fail at it like everything is just a constant growth and thinking that I know anything at all is like setting myself up for failure and I think that the freedom to say oh wait I'm not in control at all and that's okay is when I truly feel okay when I feel safe and okay like I'm okay even though I'm not in control that's when I'm like
1: I'm happy. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. And that completely allows for creativity. True.
2: That's the mode when you feel totally creative, when there's like, I'm not in control and that's fine.
0: Letting go of control.
2: What do I do then?
1: Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) The
0: possibilities. (laughs) Yeah. And they are. The possibilities are endless when you let go of the idea of what the known, right? That box that we keep ourselves in. We but. keep ourselves in that box of everything we've been taught. When we step outside the box. We could do anything. And, you know, there's always this this talk about being outside the box. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> from the corporate world. I remember that a lot. Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> outside the box. <laughs> they would talk about being outside the box so much as, as they put us inside the box. <laughs> and then, you know, duct tape it shut. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> they duct tape it <laughs> shut and write outside the box on Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're really outside the box. <laughs> but it is it's getting out which really outside the box means beyond your limitation of your ideas
2: Hmm.
0: beyond the idea of the thing and imagine what is possible and that's you know as a society i wish we could do that you know we it's amazing like there's got to be a creative way to deal with homeless and maybe if we dealt with our homeless issue differently Maybe as a society, we wouldn't be perpetuating this story. Maybe, maybe the answer is let's deal with homeless different. Hmm. Let's treat them like people.
2: That's a way. That's a way to get outside of. Can the, you imagine
1: that treating homeless like people? Yeah, <sighs>
2: you, that's a way to get outside of the wall of practicality. It's just like, well, how do you make? How do you make this idealism you have? You know, how do you make this hippie shit you're talking about real? You know, that's just idealism. You know, you look at real things like, well, let's deal with the homeless. And I think that telling that story differently is an important thing to do in our culture for moving forward. I think that you're on, you're onto something there. I think, you know, I have heard stories about uh, a city in Utah. Amazing city in Utah they, instead of paying all of these medical bills through the government, through unpaid bills at hospitals to help dying and sick and unhealthy homeless people, they've compared that money, so they've played the the math game that we're on right now, like, oh, well I need to justify it, how many people, how much money, okay, this is how much money we the government is spending, your tax dollars are spend, spending, you are spending to help homeless people not be sick and not die and not be a a deteriorating alcoholic or to just lengthen that suffering to some degree with medicines, you could go over to this hotel that has a big freaking chain link fence around it and barbed wire at the top that no one's freaking using because you know someone doesn't want to pick up the investment knock down the fence open up the doors create homes for these people and that would cost and in utah they're proving this less than the medical bills that we're all fronting that's, that's a freaking we a mind-blowing blowing thing
0: yeah that I, we, we saw we saw a right a, a, a story about that and it was—it's amazing.
2: It blows your mind.
0: Give it them flips a, you over. You like a place to live and take care mm-hmm. of them and 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 make help them. You know, get back into society. A lot of them want to be part of society, but they just can't. They're 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 in a bad bad spot. They need help. And you know, and of course, you know, asking for for change on the corner, money on the corner. Yeah, can they survive that way? Sure, they can. They can make enough to survive, but can they really make enough to get back into society? No, you can't. You, you, when you're outside of the gates of society, it's not that easy to get back in. It is. It's not that easy to get back in, and it, it requires help, because not only, not only are they outside of the system, they're also they're in their own ideas about what that is. They're trapped in their own idea about not being accepted, about the judgment against them, about what they have to do. They they need help. Mm -hmm. They need help. Why can't we help them? They're doing it in Utah. Why can't we do that everywhere? Because you're right. They proved it in Utah. They're not just doing it. They proved it. Mm, There you go. It's like, hey, it's costing us less as a state. Isn't that, I I don't know. It makes (laughs) economical sense. Why wouldn't the government say, oh, okay, well, if now if it makes economical sense, we'll do it. But no, here in Florida, it feels like there's a war on homeless. It's like it's, well, it's, it's illegal to feed the homeless It's against the law. It's, it's against yeah. the law to feed the homeless. I mean, <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Are yeah,
2: you kidding? Basically, what they're saying is they're treating homeless people like birds. And they're like, don't feed the birds. They'll make more of them come. Don't feed the homeless po- people. They'll keep coming. We'll right. get more homeless people because you're feeding them. That's what's going to happen. More people are going to suffer and lose their jobs and lose their homes because you're feeding them. Oh. They're going to see you oh, all get free food. I'm just gonna be homeless and go down to the park. Yeah, they're gonna want that lifestyle. <laughs> it's just gonna spread. It's gonna keep spreading. And it's it's
0: it's amazing because and and that's where again I was talking about the ideology of money, of of our governments are are making decisions. They're they're making money more important than people. Than people. Because mm-hmm. it's like no.
1: The only the only difference between us and a homeless is the amount of money. That's true. That's it and that's so sad that's really if you simplify everything down to that that's what it is the only difference between a homeless and us is money yeah money
0: is the amount of money you make in order to be able to survive
2: i uh yeah i met uh an older man um probably like in his like late 50s he was at a um a walmart when we were on the road for wild eyes and man being on the road is like a pretty transformative experience like just going every day solving trying to just move forward day to day it like changes you a little bit and you do things like talk to a homeless person because you're just like you're not in this pattern of like i gotta get somewhere i gotta go somewhere like there's a there's there's more freedom to your time and to your mind and like i woke up in the morning and i went into this uh walmart to get some internet to do some work for a doctrine <laughs> and uh, i'm sitting down next to this older guy and he's like uh he's sitting there kind of looking tired and sick and you know he's looked dirty and unclean and he had a bag of stuff and he was like he's like hey man could you like uh get me an extra biscuit when you go up there i was like yeah so i went up to the counter and i got some they had a mcdonald's in this walmart so i got like a meal for me and I got him a meal too. We got him a coffee and a biscuit and a hash brown and I sat down and he he like was like Uh could could you get it without uh cheese or something like that and like I thought a little bit like I'm giving you a biscuit you really asking me without cheese but then I thought it's not different. If I if he was buying his food he'd get it without cheese. He's just saying I don't like cheese. you can do cheese like, alright. All right. So I sat down, and pushed through that little bit. And as I was talking to him, he mentioned something that I'd never thought about before. He said that, you know, when I ask people for help, a lot of people want to ask me, how did you end up this way? And they want to tell me all the ways that I could have not ended up this way. And he's like, right now, honestly, all I need is a place to sleep. He's like, because I can't think, you can't think when you can't, you can't think when you haven't slept. Yeah. He's like, I couldn't think to problem solve the problems in my own life because I can't sleep. And then they say, go to a home. And then I go to a home and guess what? All a home is to me is people stealing my shit. He's like, if I go to a home, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have none of the stuff that I've gotten, a jacket to stay warm or shoes to keep my feet uh, from being sore because I have to walk around. I can't stop. If I stop moving, people are like, don't be a vagrant and he's like I can't think and I need sleep and so the best thing that could do me is if you were to give me 20 dollars I could go just tonight and get a room this guy lets me get a room I asked him down I told him I can give you 20 bucks could you let me sleep there and I gave him 20 bucks and I was like dude you convinced me man like that that moment tonight of you sleeping will make me feel good because you're just asking for a moment of peace, so that you can just kind of just be. You're just asking to just be. Yeah, that's and, so sad. And it was intense. It was an intense morning, and I felt really good afterwards because of like the lack of judgment and the openness, and like right, just being there with this person. Um, And it, like, it transformed me a little bit bit as far as, like, judging him or, like, doing what everyone else did, which is, like, you know what you could have done? Go get a job or, like, do this or invent something. So
0: easy to say when you're not in that situation.
2: When I've had a great sleep last night. Mm Mm-hmm. I slept on a bed and woke up and was like, ah, what am I gonna do today? Oh, I'm still kind of tired. Maybe I'll lay back down. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's you know, and it, it's yeah. So in our in our position where it's like, okay, we want to create something tomorrow. Well, we have the luxury where we could take the day off and do that. Yep. All of a sudden if you're caught in a downward spiral and you're under that stress and you're under not sleeping because of the stress of being in the downward spiral of losing your job and possibly losing your family or getting kicked out of your house there's so much stress involved in that you can't think straight. I can't be there's creative. There's not like Oh, I'm, stressed. Oh, I'm getting evicted uh, you know at the end of the week. Oh l- l- let me go, let me go let me go see if I can invent something. Yeah. It's like are, are you kidding me? No, I'm trying to figure out how to keep my house or I got to figure out where I'm going to move everything I have in my house because they're going to come lock lock the doors and kick me out Mm
2: mm-hmm I just like I guess the best comparison I can make to myself is imagine being nauseous and solving life's problems
0: nothing's happening you You can't I'm done right I can't do
2: anything (laughs) kill me being nauseous is the worst feeling in the world you can't do anything but be nauseous right so this person is in a, a constant state of nausea and they're just asking for you know a moment of peace Um, And if we could spend a fraction of the effort and money to create a safe place for them to do that, then honestly, I don't see I don't see how you could argue against that. Helping people,
0: helping people rest, helping people be helping people yeah, just exist, exist in
2: a dignified way. How is that wrong? Well, I guess it's just no one wants to do it. Because like, you think about, you know, with Wild Eyes right now, you know, we've mentioned the, whenever we talk to like a company or a business or someone about a project that understands media and knows about national parks, at a film festival, a woman was like, national parks and virtual reality, that doesn't exist already? Like, that was an idea, like she's like, that seems like that should be a thing already. And you're doing it, yeah. That's because no one did it. Right, Like, I'm talking to Google because we did it. That's all. It's not because I had an idea that no one else had or because I have technology that no one else had. All that matters is I did it. And so I guess it really what it comes down to is, you know, you would ask, why don't we put the homeless people in houses instead of kicking them out? And then someone's like, well, who's going to do that, genius? Right. genius. Mm.
0: Who? So it's either going to take a private investor that has a hotel just sitting there or has property to do that or it's going to take the state. It doesn't seem like the state is going in that direction. They're going in the opposite direction.
2: Yeah, the state's going to go to Cycorp who is going to bring, you know, the next uh pharmaceutical breakthrough that helps us deal with the depression of modern society.
0: That's what they're going to go sure well i mean you're saying that they're treating them like birds yeah right the next they're going to put barbed wire on the park on the park benches it's like what are they doing it's well like- they
1: are they i did see a post the other day they, they some businesses are putting like spikes out front so that the homeless cannot sit there in front of their businesses <laughs> there is this a, is a thing
2: i met uh i met a a, a guy in uh kansas Um, or Missouri, it was Missouri. And he lived at a community called the Possibility Alliance. And there they live with these ideals. It's a sustainable community where they live with these ideals and they talk about what's possible and they work together what's possible and they talk about the gift economy. And they were blowing my mind. They're outside the box. And he said something that was awesome. He's like, the first thing we did before we planted our sustenance garden for our corn and our uh, uh, tomatoes and our potatoes, before we planted the stuff that we were going to eat, we thought, "All right, well what about all the like the deer and like the rats and the raccoons? Like what are we going to do? They're going to take all our food." He's like, "So the first thing we did is we went and planted a perimeter around our property of berry bushes." And he's like, "Guess what? We don't deal with raccoons. They got all the food they need. They eat the berries off the bushes and they don't need to eat our food." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty ingenious. Yeah, wow. but it's so like really like, wait, oh, wh- holy, cr- what?
0: So we're not going to put spikes to hurt them so they go away. We're going to feed them.
2: Yeah, right. So they are just like happy humans like all the other people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like put up. Let's imagining doing all the work. Recently, I imagine uh, there was a thing in Durham where there was a mural on a wall and um there was an article about how someone painted over it. It's like been there for like 20 years. It's a mural of like the Eno river with like birds and fish and the whole ecosystem on it. And a company moved in next door and painted it like beige. Oh, no kidding. And I just imagined the guy. Yeah. Yeah. With the paintbrush going, (laughs) just do a job. Just doing my job. I don't blame me. Like, no. Right. Stop. Exactly. Put the brush down.
0: Someone can say no. You Someone can, can go. Can say I'm not no, going to do that. Yeah,
2: That's exactly. okay. Um, And so I just imagine of the guy, like the company who's installing the spikes on that bench. They're like probably not very wealthy, probably living pay- pay- paycheck to paycheck, like screwing in the spike. Like, oh, this one's not working so well. I got to get longer screws. Like, um, spike's not gonna work if it just falls over I need to double enforce it so the spike works correctly it's ridiculous <laughs> that's a funny thought right it's there a- the <laughs> guy screwing the spikes on
1: that take that brings me back to what you were talking about earlier about somebody asking you to do something that
2: mm-hmm.
1: it, that's what these people are doing the guy yeah. that's painting this mural if he would just step back and go holy shit like I'm not doing this
2: yeah, and if if he did, people would support him. He just got to. He's just got to be the one guy to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then everyone be like,
1: yeah, we shouldn't do that.
2: But if then he's, he loses if his if job there,
1: and then he's homeless in a week.
2: Yeah, that's the problem. That
1: yeah, <laughs> that's the idea. Is
0: we're all caught in that perpetuated story, mm-hmm. yep. and therefore we we follow the rules of what we're told to do. We're, we're caught in that cycle. We're, we're caught in that idea, that story, of being homeless. We're so afraid of going there that we will do whatever it is we need to do. It's 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 it's. And is it any better than the German soldiers that were just following orders? Is it any better that too. than that?
2: It's. I mean, it, it, I think people make that comparison, and I think it's it's fair to make because if you want to use a story to push you towards a a certain frame of mind that's a good story to tell be like oh that's a big part of mother culture not you know what the nazis did uh during world war ii was not good and i don't want to be that Mm -hmm. um you know recently at the north carolina state i went into a lab where they had this like pile of sand and they had a connect an xbox connect pointed at it and uh what they allow you to do is you go in and you move the sand around and you can make a cast, you can make a hill, and you can make a little dent. And on the computer with the Kinect, the computer makes that dent a uh, lake. And it makes the mound a mountain. And it shows you like this scan on the computer as if it's a landscape. And if you make a mountain, it pops trees up on it. And if you make a little dip, it puts water into it. And then it calculates what the biodiversity in that landscape you just created might be. And I talked with the guy who created it for a while. And I remember as we were talking, I was like, what's the point of this? And he goes, well, I'm studying whether people's ability to affect the world changes them. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, you know what? What's one of the differences that I notice between people who have been creative—they've done, they've created something new, like you're saying—and people who've never done that—is people who have created have a real their life has changed, their worldview has changed because they see the world as a malleable place that they can make their way in, and people who have not experienced creating something new. They see the world as a, as a stone place that will not change. And they're in the valley and all they can do is just keep their head above the water. There's no way to like, dig out a house for safety. That's not possible, or at least not to them. They don't have the power to do that. And so just seeing his little sand pile and like seeing the videos of people moving it and like the trees popping up and you know, be like, oh look, I did that. Like imagining the world as a place that they can affect is like transformative. Nice. It's That's a like, real neat idea. Yeah, I was like, "What you're doing this?"
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like a new version of Sim City.
2: Yeah, with your hands. Sim
0: Universe. Yeah, it's ever. Since, yeah, Sim Sim Nature.
2: He was well. He was saying it like neat. The to next level of it. the hands because it was like to, not just oh, let me make that on the computer. It
1: was to physically it. Yeah. with the sand
0: to sculpt it. To amazing. It's a form of art coming back to creativity. Form of, form art, of, art.
2: Form of th- art therapy maybe like like creating changing someone's view through creation allows them to see the world differently. And that's a, I mean there's a new take on creativity <laughs> which is
0: awesome. Coming back to how creativity can help solve the world's problems.
2: Yeah. One I've, at a time. I believe it. I it, believe that too. It's I if if I have a religion that's it. You know, one of the some people will ask us why uh why we're called Doctrine and recently in the last 5 or 6 years we've been going by Doctrine Creative and it's like in the name Doctrine there's a colon. It's like Doctrine colon Creative and it's like our doctrine is creativity. If I can make it a church, I would.
0: <laughs> well, how we conduct it is yeah, it's like that. I mean, it yeah. it in the sense of we come together and I don't know, do we, we go into this creative space? I mean, you, you guys just did that yesterday. You, you did what you're calling a hackathon now. Yeah. Um,
2: Jeff said he didn't like that. He said it's just a party. It's a work party. What? what hack- Jeff said. He's hack- in, like hackathon. He's like, it's like I don't get it. He's like, I think it was more of a work party. And I'm like, all right, that sounds good too. Oh, I was enjoying hackathon. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I, well, I that. At the end, I'm like, I already made the... I already wrote it down on the Slack board. It's hackathon. I like hackathon. I like
0: hackathon. It's, it's, it's I don't know. It's... Life hack. It's creative. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a life hack. Yeah. And it's an a-thon, meaning that we're going to do it all at once. And we're going to hack through something. Cool. I don't know. I, 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 I think I really it's good. liked it.
2: We left it because I couldn't figure out how to change it. Sorry, so. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all right, Jeff. We'll get used to it. <laughs> yeah. He, he In the end, after we said it, we talked about it again, he like, I like it. Life hack. We're hacking life. Yeah, yeah.
1: work parties just too vanilla. Yeah, it's, it's too like, vanilla. Is there too, gonna be cake there?
0: And I don't like yeah. I don't like the term work in it because yeah. it's not that's that's not part of our culture. Yeah, no, our culture at Doctrine is not about work. Yes, yeah. it's, it's about creativity, and it's it's the whole culture is we're not working. Yeah, it's, we're having fun we're having fun and it's part of our passion and we want to work on passionate things and especially a hackathon. It's like, this isn't work related. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't corporate related or client related. This is what we want to do. True. So I don't know. Funathon then or createathon.
2: I don't know. Yeah. And (laughs) we come up with different things. Before we did it, we all just sat down and talked about what's our mission. What are we hoping to get out of this? And all of us agreed. All we really want to get out of this is time spent towards us. And time creatively making something together without putting it on the back burner because we need to make money. That was it. We just wanted all of us to be like, we're gonna do this. We're not gonna, and we're gonna, we're gonna set a goal. We're gonna stick to the goal. And then uh, we just wanted to do, prove that we could do it together and split up the responsibilities enough to make it happen. And we did. That's awesome. Yeah. We made, we made a game. Um, in like 16 hours.
0: Yeah. And and, and that's, that's the goal of this thing called hackathon or whatever it is, is that come together and for a very, over a short period of time, creatively come up with a concept and execute that concept. And, and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's an awesome thing to do because I
2: think it's a pretty cool thing. Like I imagine it like happening in other places, you know, just being like, all right, we're going to solve this problem creatively. Let's do it. We're not going to leave here until we do. Bam.
0: Yeah. What an awesome thing.
2: Or we're going to leave here in a week and we're going to have it solved in a week. Yeah. <laughs> one or the other.
0: So, so with the hackathon, I mean, this first one was a success. Yeah. And so now the hope is to do these periodically, right? Come together, yeah. creatively produce something.
2: Yeah. To figure out what it looks like to do something for ourselves and not because... A client is asking for it or we need to make money but because we want to create something new um and so the next one we'll we'll have to figure out you know we we base this one after having out of having some time from client work um but you know it shows it shows some strength in the organization to be like well no to the next two days we're working on our stuff you know and we've said we've wanted to do that, and every creative organization that you talk to, that's what their back burner is holding—a yeah. bunch of well, our things. Um, but uh, justifying that over client work is hard sometimes. So um, I think I think if we can come through and figure out how to make it a part of our uh, our culture and a part of our like habits, make it a habit to like. Schedule in a hackathon. Um, I think will grow a lot.
0: Well, I think so too. I, it, I think it, it it puts an emphasis on ourselves and our own creativity. That's not client driven. Yeah. Sometimes when all the creativity is client driven, it, it, it the the fun can be lost out of it. And by doing something just because, mm-hmm. whatever it is, just because, uh, I, I think it. It puts an emphasis on ourselves I mean, in, in a good way, the creativity saying, you know what? We're allowed to be creative and it's a good thing versus saying, no, our ideas are wrong because the, we have to work on the clients, which are right. And again, we're trapped in our stories yeah. about being homeless. Right. And, yeah. We're like,
2: <laughs> and, we have to do that. We have to do that. We have to sacrifice creativity because we got to pay the bills and you do that enough. You're like, well, that's, that's how it is. You know? Yeah.
0: We're paying the bills, but we're not happy. Right. And I don't want that. No, that's it, a waste. It's waste of time. And it, it's against the culture of what we created at Doctrine. Yeah. Which, is,
2: which is why it's good to have culture. It keeps you in line. Yeah. You know, you, you look back at the culture and you're like, oh, yeah. We need to do that.
0: You know, and, and hopefully part of the hackathon or whatever we're going to call it, Doctrathon, uh, part of the whole thing, Doctrathon, oh, there you go. Ooh. No, I like hackathon. <laughs> I no, like hackathon, We got I, it. It's hackathon. I really did. Didn't, did Gatlin come up with that? I thought Gatlin came up no, with
2: that. No, I was just... I was talking to some people and that's like a thing when programmers do, they do hackathons. Oh, Oh, cool. They'll like come together and make something like an app or something in like two days, three days. Oh, I love I was Like We should do that. We have all the abilities. We should do it. No excuses.
0: Yeah. The, the part of the creativity is I want to come together and have and create, uh, you know, a, a, a doctrine level creative podcast. I'm into it. Let's talk, let's talk creativity. Yeah. You know, whatever that looks like, we have to figure out what that looks like. And I guess more of the point sounds like, but we need to put that together. And, and, Oh, I
2: just, well, I think that, I mean, me personally, I'm interested in that big time. You know, I don't have this fancy setup, um, but I'd love to participate because I feel like asking yourself what creativity looks like in your daily life is, transformative and I feel like a lot of suffering I feel like not only would people be interested in listening to it a podcast about creativity but we could help people reduce suffering by letting them know that there's creative ways to solve the problems that are in their life in their lives and um, you know you start one bit at a time you know you start with something small and you do it and you're successful at it and you convince yourself you have power to do it again and that's all we're doing with the hackathon is starting setting a goal Doing it, proving to ourselves we can. Next step, do it again, a little bigger. Next step, next step, do it again, a little bigger. Eventually, we're like, oh, wow, we're a business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what but happened?
0: We're creating our own material. We're doing our own creativity that's not purely client-based. And all because we started, all because we tried. Taking a risk. Yeah,
2: taking a risk. That's true. And we take a risk because in at Doctrine, we know we're not going to give up on each other. It's like, we'll take a risk because like, if we get in trouble, we'll figure it out. We're not going to quit. Which is the
1: foundation of a relationship.
2: Boom. Yes. Brought it all the way around. (laughs) Yeah. You couldn't, you honestly, you can't, you couldn't, it's a good point. You, You can't take risks if you don't have relationships to fall, to, to make you feel safe. Correct. Make you feel safe that if you, if the risk doesn't work out, it'll be okay.
1: It's okay, man. Yeah do it again yeah
0: yeah and, and and we all trust each other and and have each other's back at, at doctrine which is it hasn't been easy to create that culture because it's a different culture than anywhere else in corporate america and we exist in corporate america from our client base and
2: yeah every day you have to battle it yeah but you have, it's, to, you have to stand in front of it with a with a weapon
0: we we look at all the other creative media companies, you know, in our area that, that is in our same genre and they're all a hierarchy company.
2: They hear about how we're operated and they're like, What? Yeah, they don't they don't get
0: it. They don't understand it. You can't do that. That'll fail. <laughs> oh yeah. And somehow
2: yet we do. <laughs> still here. And we still keep paying the bills. And, yep. <laughs> and I hope we can still keep doing that, you know? And I think that my personal belief is, you know, people who are listening right now. My personal belief is that if you do what you love and you act out of love, then the universe will make a path for you. You don't always have to see the path. You don't always have to feel confident like, oh, I've been proven. I've proven that this is a way that works and I, if I do it, it will happen for me because that's not always true. And the only, like, the only piece that I found is to just act out of love, do what I love, and the universe... It clears the way.
0: That's awesome. It, it takes faith, right? It takes a faith in something. It takes that faith that the universe will do that. But I've, I've seen the same thing. I've seen if you do what you love and you trust the path that the universe is laying before you, it will happen. It will happen. But you have to have that faith and then take that risk to walk the path.
1: I think it has a lot to do with the intention of where you put that faith. Yes. So if you're putting that faith in with the intention of the creativity, then my mind is going all over the place now. But if you're putting it in the end result of, oh, if we do this, then we're going to make money and we're going to mm-hmm. grow as a company. Well, then shit, no. Then you then you just become every other company out there, corporation. Right. But when your intention is coming from love... And, and it's because you have passion and dedication for what you're doing, then, man, that's that's when the universe is like, yes.
2: Mm-hmm. That's I guess that goes to the quote that is uh, often said is, if you want to be what you've never been, then you have to do what you've never done.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I love that quote.
2: And it's like, I don't think that's the exact quote, but it—, it That's the, pretty close. Yeah, it's—there's uh, it, it's, it, power in that quote because you realize that, like— You can't, you can't set this goal of success and then keep doing this other thing to get there. You're going to end up here. Exactly. You know, it's like, you know, we used to talk in truthful acting. It's like, if your goal A is to be, I want to be in Hollywood, then you're, that's fighting with your goal of being a good actor. You know what I mean? Like, how can you walk both those paths at the same time? And I've always wondered that. If you walk the path of being a good actor, that's where Hollywood, that's how that happened. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's going on there. The cream of the crop, man. You know, you work up. And so I feel like in our, in our organization, if in the end we're just being creative, then we're going to be successful. We are
1: successful. Because that's the purpose. If you're being creative, well, then that's what it's all about. I get to be <laughs> creative every day. It. I won. You're, there you go.
0: And then other well, because other people want to be around that. People want to be around people who are passionate and creative. Mm -hmm. There's a desire for that, and if our intention is for the creativity and and it's from love, then people want to be around that. And I think that's why the universe provides that. Versus if our intention is for money, then we might as well go work for somebody else. Exactly. (laughs) Because it's it's yeah. What's the what's the point?
2: Yeah, money is.
0: And if our intention is for money, then it's a fear-based intention anyway. It's not a love-based intention; it's a fear-based. Right. We we go after money because we're worried about being homeless. We're back to that story again. So, (laughs) and that's really the thing. That's a good point.
2: The fear. That's the fear. And acting out of love, you know, you know, acting out of towards going towards creativities, acting out of a pursuit for joy.
0: Yes. And
2: if you're like on a path towards joy. And continually bringing that into your life, then uh, you're going away from fear. So, which is kind of our, kind of the goal of life. That's, right? that's all I try to be happy.
0: We want to be happy. That's all I try to do every day. <laughs> it's like, happy.
2: is this bringing me joy? No. Why can't I stop? Let me give it another day. You know. Yeah. And then three days later, it's like this is bringing me joy. No. Okay, I need to change something because I can't go. Can't keep going without joy.
0: And that's such an easy thing to do what you just said. That's such an easy thing that anyone can do is you just check and balance every day. Is this bringing me joy? No. Okay, great. Let's see what, what happens tomorrow. Is this bringing me joy? No. Huh. Okay, let's see what happens tomorrow. Is this bringing me joy? No. That's three days in a row. Screw this. Let yeah. me go do something else.
2: Yeah. Let that's, me make a change. Just that, make a change. That's it, like throwing the shit out that's in your attic. You've proven <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> Why is it there? Yeah.
0: That's a good, because there's a fear, right? A, a fear of, what loss a fear, yeah. of, fear of something yeah fear of making a mistake mostly that I'm gonna get rid of it and then need it and it's like well you know well, then go to the thrift store and buy it again hmm <laughs> borrow someone else's when, they, <laughs> when yeah. <they> need it.
2: <laughs> sometimes you have the conversation with people like who've been employed by an employer for a long time and you talk to them about being self-employed like buying paying for health insurance and they're like wait so my employer just basically pays for insurance health insurance for me yeah like I could go pay it for health insurance. Yeah. We I mean like they just basically do the things that I could do for me. Yeah. That's what you do when you're self-employed. You just do those things for yourself. Like there's like a, there's like a wall there. Like when, when your employer does everything, it's like this magical world that I don't want to touch. Like credit, taxes, health insurance. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's scary. I don't want to do that. Um, and then when you learn about those things, you're just like, Oh, there's just something that I could do for myself and figure it out. um, that's why
0: that's why most people stay in their jobs is because they're worried about health insurance.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's where I was going there. Yeah, I was thinking right. about the why you stay in your job because you're like, I need health insurance. It's like, right. wait, you can do know that. that you can yeah.
0: <laughs> and they're like, No, but I can't afford it. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. You you can afford it working for yourself the same way you can afford it working for a company. Yeah. It's There's just really someone the at the thing. company
2: who's was going, oh here you go yeah, yep. just,
0: just part of your compensation for working for this company is they're paying your insurance for you yeah you work for yourself you pay for, but it's the same thing.
2: yeah, it's just a it's just a fear a limiter that you tell yourself to excuse the fact that you didn't do anything right right You're like it's okay that I didn't do that because I need health insurance. Yeah. it's okay that I didn't do that. I have children. It's okay that I didn't do that. I have a sick mom. You know, we and like there we are people we love in our lives. And I think that, you know, there's, what is it, what they do on the plane? They're like, put the mask on before you put the mask on your child. It's like, that is good advice. <laughs> American Airlines, Delta, thank you. <laughs> I think we should do that. I think we should be like, you know what? I need to be okay. No one else can be okay if I'm not okay. There's no reason to... Stay doing something you don't want to do or you don't believe in, or screwing the spikes in on a bench because you think you have to. No, you need to, you need to, you need to do be be the change you want to be, and other people will be like, that's possible. I'm just gonna do that then.
0: You know, it was it was it was interesting when you, when you or earlier when you were looking through the house, and I had never looked at it this way. And you said, "Wow, you guys are like living in a piece of art." And, you know, when Sam when, you, when when Sam first said, you know what, I think I want to paint something in the house. Yeah, I want to take this table and repaint it. I'm like, uh, all right, you know, <laughs> let's see what happens. And, you know, it's, it's this weird thing because you, you, you buy this table that we've had for a long time and it's like, well, no, we bought it that way. She's like, well, I'm just going to paint it. And I'm like, uh, all right, let's go ahead. And it came out pretty good. I was like,
1: well, oh, it looks pretty good. I had no idea you can paint furniture.
0: And then it's like, well, I'm going to paint the chairs. I'm like, all right
1: and it's like "Well, i'm gonna paint the cabinet in the bathroom <laughs> i'm like
0: uh, uh, can you do that i it's like all right
1: it's like no wait this company came and installed it here and did it how, how are you gonna paint right over we paid the for thing? it to look
0: that way right and then it's like i'm gonna <laughs> repaint the entire kitchen i'm like okay and then i when you started looking around there i, I just now noticed i don't know why Everything is
1: this, this desk da- Do you remember is this desk? Painted. this
0: is the desk that I have had forever that mahogany desk that has now been repainted and <laughs> artistically touched <laughs>
1: dude, had- I didn't know how to paint. I was just like, I don't like this kitchen. I don't like this this looks so office looking or this it just looks very standard. It was standard, very standard. there yeah. you go, standard
2: huh normie
1: i have i'm gonna just paint it and i'm gonna Dude. just sand it and paint it and it I, was taking that risk to i'm that. blown away i feel like just
2: in your your uh house art you've like uh you've like become a, like an artist you've like become a house artist you like could make a house <laughs> i didn't see it like that no but, but you did you went like cool. step by step like exactly what we were saying earlier like i didn't know you could paint that Oh, you can. I know mean, you can paint that. Oh, you can. <laughs> well, I'm going to paint that over there. You can do that too. It's, it's been, like, yeah, it's been fun. Things, like
0: this whole area, this this whole podcast area, like she decided to paint this entire desk and she did all that and she put the things on the wall. And I mean, it's all of this was like, you know what? Let's, let's be creative about it. If we're going to have a podcast station in our home, (laughs) which is where, where we broadcast out of, it's like, okay, well then let's, let's go ahead and and make it a creative space. And, and it's interesting when you said that, like we're living in art, I think that's why we're so creative here and why we love it in this environment is that in every room there's something, I mean, our master bathroom has been repainted. The downstairs bathroom was repainted. The kitchen's repainted and you know, we're not for all of you out there listening, this isn't like repainted in a solid color. It's, it's a very artistic thing that that would that was done no and
2: i'm impressed you guys can't see it but it's like everything it's like you know i'm imagining like a reminder like every day you guys are waking up and you're like i can make my world i can make it look how i want it to look and well, you're reminded of that well that's
1: the thing like Margot and i want to make this house we want it to represent us mm-hmm. you know and and it doesn't have to be the standard living room formal dining room like no like we have a pool table in the formal dining room, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make it like a cool, like game room type of thing. And sweet, we have a podcast table in the formal living room. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the
2: podcast is in the living room. We're just like doing what we'd be doing in the living room, except we have microphones in front
1: of us. Yeah, right, that's what exactly. I think you
2: should do with the blog. You should just do what you're doing, anyways. And now it's a
1: blog. This is true. This yeah, is true. You
0: really should and talk about that. That'd be that'd be great. Because this the, the the painting and everything is is great and and I love that we're not making we don't feel trapped in the idea of having a traditional house. It's still built like a traditional house, but then the artistic way inside. I mean, because we're we're already talking about we want to have sections of the things we love. We want to have Star Trek represented here. We want to have Lord of the Rings represented, Harry Potter represented. We want to have those things represented because it's what we love. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Why wouldn't they be represented? I that. think
2: I think you guys it would be a good idea have to have Vanessa on for the podcast to talk about her carving. I, we oh, we would love that. Man, we would love that. Yeah, because you, you you like talk about like how she got into that in the same way. Taught herself how to carve. Started making spoons. People started buying them. This weekend she went did a market. She had a whole table with spoons and scoops and scrapers and all kinds of stuff.
1: That's so awesome. Same way,
2: like oh I can make that. Oh I can make that oh, that piece of wood over there, that could be a cutting board. That's awesome. Oh, Like make things that you use.
0: Yeah, we've been following all of her stuff, you know, the, on the Facebook and everything else. And, and did I just say the Facebook? I, I, I say that too. I, I say
2: the, that too. I mean, that was the, the original
0: Facebook. name way back <laughs> when, it? but I don't know. Yes, it was the Facebook and they dropped the, but that's okay. <laughs> just <laughs> had a moment, <laughs> but it's amazing. It's amazing what she carves. And we can do that. We are, we are set up here. to To do remote to do remote, uh, through Skype. And so we can just Skype in and put you through the board and we can, we can do that. So we get, we get both you and and Vanessa on. Awesome.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, she's at an awesome stage, a perfect stage for the conversation of like turning that creativity into something else, which is, can I do this for a living? Um, and you know, conversations of, is it possible conversations of how much do I charge conversations of, is it okay to charge people? conversations of, is it okay to put the pressure of paying my bills on my spoons? Is Mm. that okay?
0: You know what? This is a whole other conversation. This is is a podcast I want to do. I agree. Because so many people out there, probably so many people uh, that that may be listening to this are like, you know what? I have an idea and I've always wanted to do my own business. I've always wanted to start up a creative something for myself. How do I do that? Because there's a fear associated with that. You know, now we're at the point where, We just, we want to start a business. We just start it. And it, it, that that might sound whatever, but it's really not that big of a deal anymore. Because it's like, oh, it's that easy to start a business and do something? Yeah, it really is that easy.
2: Yeah, you just find out what people need and you figure out something that you want to do that you don't hate too much and then figure out how to, at a price point, that makes it worth it. And
1: I don't know if Vanessa struggles with it, like, uh, with, well, I'm sure she does. Like you were saying, like what, what price do you give? Right. Cause this is something that she's creating.
2: Yeah. And it, sometimes a spoon will take her a week.
1: Right. So how do you put on so a $300 like, <laughs> spoon? That's awesome. <laughs> how do you yeah. determine what price that is? And then I feel like, for example, with the painting, I was like, Oh, maybe if I paint, you know, certain things that I can sell them, what, what, what am I going to charge? Like, and, and then if somebody buys it, I mean, that's something that I made is, are they going to like it? And mm-hmm. it's, a feeling of this is this yeah. is your baby. You know, this is something personal to you because it's something you've created. And then to share that with other people and uh, you want them to love it as much. You know, and she makes these spoons that are like oh like beautiful. did you make that? Yeah, How? They you, are beautiful. What is you, you, that? It, it's Did you just poop that out? <laughs> what the? It's it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, so I think it would be a good episode because yeah. she's like at a stage she's at a perfect stage right now. She's like Teaching yourself how to make a website and update the store and learning that, wait, I have to have all these other skills to do this, not just make spoons, you know, and dealing with social anxiety of like going out to the market and, you know, showing people the spoons and people will come up and go, what do you use these for? And you're dealing with like a whole other level of like... Well, every other thing you would use for a spoon, they're like, but it's so nice. (laughs) Like, it's okay to have nice things. Yeah, Yeah. you just hang it, hang it above your stove in your
0: kitchen, and just it's art.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, I think which is what people think. I I think think some people think that they think it's just art, and um, I, you know, I think one of the things we could talk in the episode is about how even what you're doing is showing that art doesn't have to be something that sits on the wall. right? Art can be something that you use. Practical. Yeah, yeah. practical yeah. art. art, art the-
0: yeah, the, the, the kitchen is art. And I, I was, you know, truthfully, I was a little skeptical. I was like, you're gonna repaint our entire kitchen? <laughs> like the cabinets? Amazing. It's like, <laughs> people pay like thousands of dollars to have new cabinets put in. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, and it was like, well, let's just try it. And it, it needed to be, we had to take that risk. I'm like, you know what? Let's try it. If it doesn't it could, turn out,
2: it could crap yeah. out. It,
1: yeah. It, and I was totally prepared for that because I had no idea what I was doing. But man, it looked so much beautiful. fun with it.
2: When you told me that, it was the perfect like fulcrum. It was just like the climax of the like house art film. It was like, oh, I made this and I made that and I made this and I made, and this entire
1: place. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow. <laughs> I honestly had no idea how many things <laughs> I have painted until. We were talking about him. I'm like, holy shit! Like, it's true. We're living in a distressed house. Yes. And when I say distressed, I mean because of the <laughs> the style. I give it like a vintage. The artistic look. style. yes. Yeah. It's yeah. called distressed. Yeah. I like the distressed. Vintage yeah. I always look. liked
2: the distressed cars when I played Mike, micro- like a uh, the Hot Wheels. Yeah. They like they come out yeah. the fancy like alien bug looking car. I'm like that's <laughs> stupid. And exactly. I And then have like the the vintage, the vintage like Corvette. I'm like,
1: yeah, yeah. That's so the I'm into that
2: style. Well, what we'll need we'll do
0: to that. do is we'll also need to put it, um, I want to, on truthfultalk.com, uh, one of the things I want to do is start a gallery and start putting some photos of different things we talk about on the episodes when we can cool. too. So then what we could do is, you know, I'd love, Sam, we need to take some pictures of some of the things you've done. Put that in the gallery. When we talk to Vanessa, we can get pictures of her spoons and things like that. Put that on the gallery. Uh, so that way people, when we're talking about things and referencing stuff, uh, you can then go to truthfultalk.com and, and see images of what we're talking about. Dope. Yeah. We just got to work on that. <laughs> Something else for the checklist.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> All right,
0: world. Well, I guess we, we have reached the end. We have gone over. This is our longest one to date. Uh, this is almost a double episode for as long as this Two is. Two parts. Is, yeah. <laughs> But instead of splitting it into two parts, this will just be a super long episode. But hopefully, you've enjoyed the ride as much as we have. It was great, Derek. Thank you so much again for being on, man. And we'll, we'll we will do this again. We'll get Vanessa on. Yeah, and uh, we'll plan this. And even when you're back in North Carolina, we're, we're going to have to to do this periodically. We'll we'll hook you in through Skype, and and we'll we'll have a a conversation. At least uh, every few episodes, we'll have to get get you on have a conversation.
2: I'm I'm here and ready to have a conversation. I could talk about anything. <laughs> and um, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. And I think, you know, in this day and age, what, all that really matters is consistency. And you guys just keep doing it no matter what it's about. And it's going to be awesome. Thank
0: well, you, man. Thank you. Thanks for all your support. Always. Woo-hoo.
1: So for those of you that are listening, again, whether you agree with us or disagree with us, just be with us.
0: All right, world. We will talk to you again soon.
1: it out. We're out. So what I told you was true from a certain point of view. You must unlearn what you have learned. I know what you're trying to do.
0: I'm trying to free your mind. But I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it.